Real Buyer Reviews. I'm Tyler. And I'm Tara. We're a couple of nerds, and yes, we're married. Every other week, we'll be giving our hot takes on our favorite games, food, movies, and anything entertaining in general. Anything entertaining in general. That's, that's how we do it. Anyone who knows us knows that we do really enjoy our board games mm-hmm. uh, and our video games. We are a couple of nerds. We are. We are nerds. We're geeks, whatever you want to call it. But we don't care. We have a good time with it. We have a local game shop we go to probably too frequently, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So much, in fact, that we've filled up two of their loyalty cards. And we have a bookshelf full of games. Mm -hmm. And we're not even a full year into marriage yet. Not yet. But we have been collecting them mm-hmm. and we have some of our favorite ones that we've liked to share with you for, from the past uh, three months. Yeah, so. so we thought what better way to do a first episode than to recap the first quarter of 2022. I almost said 2021. Yep, still not used to it. Still not used to it. So mm-hmm. before we dig fully into that, Tara, why don't you kind of Talk about what you like most about games in general. For sure. Uh, I love that games are fun and they have really interesting mechanics. I love the process of it. Uh, I also love the idea of gamification in general. So much, in fact, that I did a game as my senior project in college. I designed it from start to finish and uh, put together and call it good. Yeah, I mean, even a couple weeks ago, Tara had an idea in her dream, and she started doodling it down, (laughs) just being like, I have an idea for a game. And I was stuck on it all morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, Uh, I I don't know, we've both played games ever since. I mean, through our growing up and everything, mm -hmm. we played games for a long time. Uh, I really enjoy the strategy that goes behind it, just having things to do, always having something to be like, hey, you want to go play a game? Um, just having fun. Trying out new mechanics is always great, especially when things get a little more complex. It might take more time to learn and set up, but the payoff is really fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So might as well just start off, obviously, this is we're running into the end of the first quarter of 2022. Mm-hmm. There have been a, hint, a couple games that we've played pretty frequently, so I guess mm-hmm. we've labeled it the time-tested favorites. So Tara, why don't <laughs> you explain our... Been three months. Yeah, why don't you explain our first game on the list here? Yeah, so uh, our first game on this list is Wingspan. It's a game we've been playing for over a year, but it's probably our favorite of all time as of right now. So Wingspan is a really beautiful board game designed by an ornithologist, And the whole purpose of the game is to build up your aviary with different types of birds uh, that have their own attributes and powers to accrue a bunch of points by the end of the game. And whoever has the most points wins. So it's a competitive game, but it's slower paced and there's some strategy involved. But the thing I like about it is that it's also very relaxing. It doesn't feel like you're neck and neck. It doesn't feel like you're angry against other people. Um, maybe Although if- <laughs> some strategies can really lean into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for example, if Tyler starts laying out his strategies, sometimes I'll get a little bit salty. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a pretty tried and true uh, strategy that I like <laughs> to stick to. There are 
So in this game, as you play birds, they all have powers, and in each habitat that you play birds, um, when you activate those abilities, they do certain things, like you can gain more food, which helps you uh, play birds easier, or you gain eggs, which you will need later on to play birds further down the board. And then there are some that let you look at the next bird card, Mm -hmm. and if it has a wingspan smaller than something, you get to tuck it behind uh, the bird card you played. I call them my death birds, because... They have a little skull and crossbones on the card. Apparently, they're carnivorous. Um, So tucking cards means that you add extra points to your score at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. And Tyler has gotten so many on certain games. So it's my strategy. I I started off just jokingly because I'm like, oh, this is a funny little game mechanic. But then here we are. It's all of a sudden it works sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Tara generally beats me at... Uh, face card value, but then once we we start getting closer neck and neck, once we get to those later scoring phases, but Jared seems to beat me quite a bit. I have my own strategies up my sleeve. Yeah, she doesn't tell me about those <laughs> strategies. They just they just happen. They just happen. <laughs> we um, really enjoy. Well, mm-hmm. I think what we really enjoy about this game, there are two expansions. There's the European oh, yeah. expansion and then the Oceania expansion, which two both of them together kind of change the game up a lot. Since you get. They do. Um, in the base game, you have kind of a play map, but then with the Oceania expansion, you get a new play map, which changes everything up a little bit more, and it adds a whole new type of food, which kind of just yes, adds a new layer of complexity. Adds a new layer of complexity, and the map in general balances out the game as a whole. Yes. So instead of having one item worth more than others, uh, it's more balanced throughout. Mm-hmm. I also enjoy uh, just the beautiful design of Wingspan in general. It's really fun to look at. All of the cards are themed after different bird uh, species throughout North America. And then with the expansions, you get uh, birds in Europe and in Oceania. And uh, they're just really fun to look at. And you can learn a little few new facts about them. Yeah, they've all got mm-hmm. like the scientific name of the bird and then a little fact on the card, which is just, mm-hmm. it's just a cute little touch. Yeah, it And is. supposedly there's a third expansion in development, which we haven't heard, haven't much, heard about. much about other than <laughs> it's being developed. Yep. I don't know, but we're excited. We'll definitely get that one. Yep. Pretty sure soon or right as soon as it comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So another game that we've been playing lately is called Here to Slay. It's by the makers of Unstable Unicorns and what's the other one? The Exploding Kittens. I, I think. don't know if it's Exploding okay. I don't think it's Exploding Kittens okay. people, but it it's definitely it says Unstable Unicorns like yeah. everywhere on okay. it. But it's really I don't know, we got this game about a year ago and then this year we bought the two expansions they mm-hmm. had, which I believe were Berserker and Necromancer and Druid and or Druid and Warrior. I don't know. There were two expansions that yeah, we got yeah. in the past couple weeks, and they kind of rebalanced the game in a different way. This game, you kind of find yourself building a, I don't know, a posse? What do you call it? What would you call it? A party <laughs> a of party, different classes. But it's technically called. So all of these cards are styled in a really cute... Um, it's kind of chibi. Cartoon. Yeah, more cartoon. Um, style with... Um, animals. Animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
All, all the, the bards unicorn- are squirrels. Yes. <laughs> all the bards are squirrels. All the unicorns, they're like warriors or something. Yeah, they're defenders, I think. Defenders. Yeah. It's very cute. All um, the bears are yeah. berserkers, and they're, mm-hmm. they have cute little puns on some of the cards. Yeah, so the cards make it a very entertaining aspect. Um, in general, you're trying to accrue more members to your party while getting enough to roll dice and defeat monsters. So you're uh, accumulating? Is that the right word? Accumulating Mm -hmm. um, these cards as well as modifier cards, which add points to your roll, any items that might give you special abilities so that you can get more uh, of these monsters defeated. Yeah, and, and when you defeat yeah. a monster, they each have an ability that you get to use um, since you defeated that monster. Like, one is, like, uh, you get to draw a card every time you defeat another monster. So it just kind of starts adding to your hand. But then there, the fun kind of frustrating cards are challenge cards. Anytime somebody tries to play a another warrior, or whatever you want to call them, um, or they try to play an item or a spell, you can challenge them, make them roll the dice, and then you have to roll higher than them. If you roll higher than them, they can't lay that card down. Yes, so it gets especially frustrating when Tyler has a run of two or three challenge cards and doesn't let me put a party member down. Let me tell you something about (laughs) shuffling the cards. When I get a first hand that has three challenge cards in it, I gotta get rid of those challenge cards. I'm sorry. They gotta go somewhere. It's gonna give me a hard time. And when we only have two people, they can only be used on one other person. I'm sorry. <laughs> so oh, it we, makes a good challenge. Yes, we, we've kind of created our own house rules for this game, yeah. uh, just because when you play it with less people, it can go really fast. So you kind of mm-hmm. have to balance it yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I, if you play it with more people, it definitely balances out a lot easier because turns are longer. Uh, and you have more people to kind of go against. But when it's just two people, we have our own house rules, which makes it a lot of fun. Maybe we'll have to do an episode later on just house rules in general. Oh, yeah. Definitely we'll do that. But the other game we didn't necessarily get this year, but we finally started playing this year is Snake Oil. And the way I was sold on this game, um, I was sold on it back, I don't know, a couple... Oh, oh, wow. Almost five years ago. <laughs> I got it maybe three or four years ago. So 2017? Yeah. Oh, goodness. 2018, 2017? Oh, wow. A while back. Um, yeah. When I played Cards Against Humanity with my college roommates, and someone told me, well, if you like Cards Against Humanity, you should try out Snake Oil. It's Cards Against Humanity, but you are the funny, not the cards. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. So the premise of Snake Oil is... Uh, you have a couple cards in your hand that are item and kind of descriptor cards, and then there's one person who is given a card that shows like their occupation. So it's not necessarily a job, but it's just something they are. Mm-hmm. Like one of them was a grave robber or a prom date, and you have to choose which one you want to be. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else around the table picks two of the cards in their hand and has to sell the buyer that item. It's a lot of just kind of making your own fun and just being kind of ridiculous to be funny. Yeah, so it is, it's been a huge hit with my family. 
my youngest brother especially loves to give it around and make up funny items and try to sell them or listen to other people come up with weird items. Um yeah, there's really not yeah, much to it. It's just one of those. Not. It's a good party game. It is. It, it, it's the more people you have, the better it is. Yeah, that's that's just really. There's not too much to it. That's why we like it. It's, it's nice and simple. You can mm-hmm. pull it out, just play around real quick, have a nice laugh, and just do something else. Yeah, one similar would also uh, be Fun Employed, which this is a game I got for Tyler for Christmas, and it's. Similar in the way that you or one person on the table is the employer and uh, the rest of the table members are trying to uh, get hired for this job. So they're taking a series of, I think, four to five cards and um, these are descriptors. Or like qualifications. Qualifications, yep. So they can put down, oh, I'm left-handed, and I'm a bad singer, and I get stressed out easily, and these are all reasons why you should hire me for XYZ job. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, it's similar to snake oil in the sense of you're, you're making your own fun. Yeah, you're, you're making you're up on the fly. But uh, It has a little bit more of a twist with it, though, because in the center of the table, you have like a 4x4 a four four or 5x5 five five grid of extra cards, and... Before you start applying for this job, quote unquote, you can swip, swatch, excuse me, swap out the cards in your hand for the ones on the table, and everybody else is doing the same thing. So you could grab the card eventually of someone else who's sitting um, on the other side of the table from you, and you just make up absurd qualifications. You could try to make them good qualifications or just absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. Like I remember we were playing with your family, uh, somebody was being hired to be a taxi driver. And one of the things your dad had was that he was a cyborg who brought candy to work. <laughs> and it, I don't know, it's just, it's its a lot of random fun. Yeah. Um, we haven't played this one a ton, but again, it just feels like one of those ones where just go at it and be a little ridiculous and you'll have a good time. Another great party game, but this one mm-hmm. takes a little bit more setup. Yeah. And a little bit more... I'd say it's a little bit more structured than sneak oil. Yes, it's definitely a lot more structured. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a bit more thinking on how to kind of link your cards together. I mean, you could just jump from one to the other, but if you try to flow it, it yeah. gets a little ridiculous and it's funnier. Yeah. But actually, over the past two weeks, past two weeks, week and a half? Past week, I'd say. Past week or two <laughs> weeks, we've gotten two new games that yes, we've tried. We're spending so. all our money on games. Not all our money. We're we're having a good time. I'm kidding. We're having a good time. We, we, yeah. need, we needed to fill out that punch oh, yeah, card again. We did. Anything to fill out the punch card. So the first game we got was a game called That Time You Killed Me. And this game had a very fun aesthetic on the box, so that's kind of what drew me to it. Yeah, one of the things we're going to end up finding out is anything that looks very pretty or stylized, oh, yeah. Tara really likes. She's drawn to it. Yes. I love anything designy. Designy, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, That Time You Killed Me is kind of like chess, but in time travel. So, time travel Yeah. Time travel I'm going to call it time travel 3D, pre- 3D chess. 3D chess. Time travel 3D chess. Okay. That's what I'm going to call it. Because like that's what it. it feels like. Yeah. So this board game setup is in three different parts. 
and it's each board is a four by four square and there's a board for past present and future and you're playing against one other person so it's a two two player game competitive and pretty moderate pace depending on how quickly you need to think through your moves so uh, each player is first choosing what um, what era to start out in. They're moving their one of their pegs to moves. So we should yeah. back up a little bit. Back so up. That, like, as Tara said, there are three boards. One yeah. is technically the past, one's the present, one's the future. You have three. They look like chess pawns. Yeah, they're they're small little pieces. Um, we, you start on opposite corners of the board, mm-hmm. and each turn you can take two actions. One action could be um, moving one space, or each, uh, I don't know what to call it, each chapter of the game has a different mechanic that mm-hmm. you can place an object, or that counts as one point, or you can time travel. Yes. And each period or each era you time travel into is a different point. So if you started in the past and you wanted to go to the future, that costs your two points. Mm-hmm. But then the kicker is if you start out in the future and you time travel to the past, you leave copies of yourself in the future and in the present. And then you have another version of past. So you just add more pieces to your board. Yeah. So if you run out of pieces, uh, into the middle of the game and you want to go back into the past but you have no other uh, pawns left you are unable to so the whole idea of this game is that you're trying to push the opponent um, out of the game by quote killing them so So you either push them off of the board board, push them into an unmovable object Mm -hmm. Um, push if, an object onto them. Yep, or if there are two people or two of your opponent right together, you can push them together to create a paradox and you get rid of two at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a bit of set strategy setup and thinking ahead. Uh, oh, for it's each, very much thinking ahead. Lots of thinking ahead. For each uh, turn you have, you can move your two um, actions of choice, and then at the end of your turn, you have to choose a different era to play in next. Yeah, and I think that's probably the hardest yeah. or most strategic thing about yeah. the game. Just anticipating like where you need to go next. Yes, you're trying to kind of predict where, what your opponent's planning on doing next and react to that, but also be proactive so you don't get caught in just a random trap because they happen. They happen. No one's planning on them, and it happens. Yes. So, and so since there are three eras... You after each turn, you can only play in one of two eras. You can't play in the same era over and over and over mm-hmm. again. If you played one turn in the past, the next one you have to play in the present or the future. Yeah. So you in you're also trying to react each turn to what your partner or partner your I don't know <laughs> opponent your opponent just <laughs> did that turn, and you might not be moving in the same era that they did. So you have yeah. to try to get ahead of them or. There's there's so much to it. I think the first game we played was over oh, an hour while. Because we were just staring at the board like, oh my gosh. What do I do next? How do I, where do I move? What do I do? And I think we ended in a stalemate. We did. And then I think the second time we played, I won in two moves or something. Um, the game ends when your opponent only has um, pieces, pieces in, in one, one era. era. 
And so what I had done is Tyler had two of his pawns next to each other in one era and one pawn in another. I had time traveled to the one and with two pawns pushed them together and the game was finished because he had only one pawn in the present. This was this is it was a perfect example of okay I have to like try to add more pawns to the board because she just took out one the last turn and so me traveling to the past leaving a copy put two of them together that she was right near and she could just push them into each other mm-hmm. and win the game <laughs> without me even realizing what she could do because I was too focused on oh wait I need to get more pieces on the board I only have two right now or I only have. I, yeah, I think I only have two or three right now. I need to get more pieces on the board so I have more options. And I wasn't even paying attention. So it's definitely a strategy game. Uh, but the fun part is that there are different chapters to it that add different mechanics. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that will be pretty promising. Yeah. So, for example, the first chapter had to do with growth. So in the past, your um, extra... I don't know, extra option of your move is you could plant a seed, and then that would become, in the present, it would become a bush, which doesn't move, but if you push someone into the bush, you get rid of them. And then in the future, it would become a tree, and you can push the tree down on top of somebody, or once the tree's pushed over, it can't be moved, but you can shove people into the tree. And then you can kind of stagger that in the eras. So if you planted a seed in the present, you just get a bush in the future, and you get no full tree. And so there's a lot, there there was a lot of strategy to that one. Mm-hmm. And then unplanting trees and stuff like that. And remind me, Tara, what was uh, chapter two? I'm racking my brain. I think it was statues. Yeah, it was statues. So you had, starting out, you had one statue each in past, present, and future. And you could move it around. And wherever you moved it, if it was in the past or a later era or former era, it would move accordingly into the future. But, so yeah. if I moved a statue in the present, it would move the same amount of squares in the future. But not in the past. Yes. So your statues start to get desunk, desynced? Desynced. Desynced. Unsynced. They are no longer synced. They are no longer <laughs> at a synced. certain point in time. But even when you keep pushing them, so say in the uh, the future and the present match, but the past doesn't. If you move it in the past, it still moves them accordingly in the present and the future. Mm-hmm. So you can get yourself into trouble by not paying attention to where they're sitting, mm-hmm. or if they're just so crazily out of sync, it just. It, it, I didn't even know what I was doing a couple times. I'm just <laughs> like, wait, which one is which? Yeah, so each player also has their own statue that they can place throughout the game and make surprising moves with it. Mm -hmm. So our last game is called Root, and this is one we've only played once so far. Uh, So we only have a bit of a taste for what it is. Mm -hmm. Very much just a first impressions of one playthrough of it. Yeah, uh, the whole vibe of it is very reminiscent of the Redwall series, which was very dear to my sister growing up. So I had a little bit of a fondness for it, too. Uh, It it takes place in like a woodlands in like the Middle Ages, but all of your characters are woodland animals. 
I don't know. Are cats woodland animals? No, I wouldn't say so, but they are animals in general. True. (laughs) Very true. So this game can play with up to four players, and they recommend that you start out with certain teams before um, playing... I don't know. Yeah, so there are kind of four factions yeah, you get with the base game. Yeah, four different factions with their own set of rules. Yes, their own and objectives, so their own rules, yeah. and own play style even. Yeah. So what I mean to say is that when you start out with only two players, or less than four players really, they recommend a certain um, set of... Yeah, a certain combination, yeah, of, combination of the factions. These factions. So we started out playing with the Marquis de Quette, and the Erie, Erie Dynasty. Erie yeah. Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Yep. I so, was the Marquis de Cat. I played with the Erie Dynasty, which was just a bunch of birds. I was just I'm a noticing bunch of cats. A, a theme here: birds. All the birds. All the birds. The burbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it took a while to set up, and we had to really figure out how to play because it seemed it didn't it felt like it didn't really give us full instructions but we had to really just sit down and realize oh each of these is going to play different it's not it's not going to give a broad overview of how to play if both or if all four factions play completely differently and so we played a game um you kind of you st- like Tara said you start in the woods and you have clearings and you have to kind of rule the clearings and do different things with the clearings depending on your faction. And as the Marquis de Cat, uh, I had to build in those clearings like sawmills and recruiters to recruit people to my army or cats to my army um, or workshops to craft things. So I had three different types of buildings I had to kind of manage. And then I started off with a lot of land, a lot of space. And Terra started off with just one area, yes. but with so, a bunch of warriors in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an interesting, I'd say, um, mechanic. Starting off with my um, group really small, but Tyler's was all across the board. And my strategy had to be where I kind of spread out and built more... Um, they were called roosts. Roosts. Thank you. And and the roosts kind of served all purposes that all three of my buildings served. So each time Tara built a roost, she could recruit from that. She didn't have resources she needed to manage. Mm-hmm. And then she could use it to craft. So as I had to yeah. build each of these things, Tara just put one down as long as she cleared out the clearing of my warriors. And just went from there. Yeah, so the one caveat with the Erie Dynasty is that we they have a decree. And so depending on what cards you lay down behind this decree, it's saying each turn that you'll do that action in uh, the corresponding area, uh, depending on the card. Yeah, and you have to... Uh, move... Yeah, move, uh, attack, or... Build. No, it, it was craft, move, attack, build. Something like that. Yeah, and then each turn, it doesn't clear out the board. You have to keep adding. You have to add cards each turn, so you have to do yes. more and more things progressively. Or what was it? Your dynasty falls into turmoil? Turmoil, mm-hmm. And that means you get rid of your cards, you subtract a few victory points... And you have to rebuild your action set from ground up. Mm-hmm. 
So that was a little frustrating to navigate as well as... But once you picked it up, you yeah. had it down pat. Yes. You were just steamrolling me. I was. So Tyler got a bunch of points uh, so, from the outset. Yeah, so the objective of the game is to get 30 yeah. victory points unless mm-hmm. you get a... It was called a dominance card? Dominance card. card which changes your yeah. victory condition, but it says don't play with those with two yeah, people. So, so we, we took those out. Yeah, so we with those. Mm-hmm. So I got a card right away that said for every clearing I ruled, I get... was It, it was one or two victory points. I think it was just one. So I played that immediately on my first turn, and I had 11 or 12 points Mm -hmm. immediately, and that just kick-started everything. That definitely helped. But I didn't even end up winning because I learned very quickly with Marquis de Cat, the ways that you get victory points is either through battle or crafting things. And when I'm not drawing cards that let me craft, I'm stuck in the water. Because I could not compare to Terra's forces because she just recruited a bunch of mm-hmm. warriors and then just steamrolled me. So at the beginning, I was not moving in victory points at all. But as I had built up my decree and put down more um, roosts, I always forget the word, roosts, I was able to get more victory points each round no matter what. And I also got extra craft points if I did a craft card. So by the end, I had reached 30 points. Yes, so the final score was 30 to 29, and I sat at 29 for like five turns. Mm-hmm. I couldn't win in, in battle, at least enough to get victory points. I could. I wasn't drawing cards to craft to get victory points, so I was just kind of amassing an army in the back of the board that couldn't move. Yep, tough luck. Yep, that wasn't... <laughs> that wasn't my finest hour <laughs> in games. But learning experience. Yes, but it was definitely fun. We'll definitely have to keep playing. It sounds like they have an expansion or two out, which adds I'm different sure factions. Yeah. Um, and I think the board reverses. Or is that a different game? Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, so I'm assuming that will also change up the game quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll keep looking into we'll it. We'll keep playing that. So yeah. that was that was six games we've been playing in the past three months. Does not nearly touch how many we have in general. It doesn't, or it doesn't <laughs> even touch all the games we played. These are no. just some highlights of what we've just been playing. Highlights. Just highlights. Just the good ones and ones we've been playing recently. Thought I'd give some first impressions on, but I guess it's time that we do a random review. Random Ooh. review! I don't have a sound effect or anything. Random review. Yeah. Random review this week is for Plant Parenthood. Yes, we have a lot of these green things around our home. We have a few. Just a few. It's okay. We could use more. I can see. I can count at least six of them within eyeshot. Yes. So we have a snake plant. And snake plant named Snack. 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 S N E K. Snack. Yep. He's Snake a he's a good boy. Favorite. Very good. There is a ZZ plant named Isla. I've had her for a few years. Um, we have one in the bedroom. I don't know what it's called, but either. it's seen better days. It's very droopy. It's very droopy. Can we name it Eeyore? Eeyore? I like that. Eeyore. I don't want it to always be Eeyore, but <laughs> once it's not droopy anymore, we'll rename it. Happy Eeyore. Maybe we can name it Tigger. Tigger? Eeyore, Maybe. become a Tigger. <laughs> we have a fiddly fig that lasted maybe three months yeah that one had some issues yeah 
our apartment. It's hard when you don't have south facing windows. Does not have south facing windows. Sunlight and, is not. And we live in the northern hemisphere. Mm hmm. In the Midwest. And it's not beneficial for the fiddle leaf. Fig. No. You think? So it, it has died. No. As well as another plant that I had. I don't really know what type it is. I'm not an expert on this. Oh, but you've got a bunch and of succulents on the desk. I do. And they aren't doing well either because they don't have south facing windows. Oh. I didn't think they needed much, but yeah, I'm wrong. Not. Yeah. Well, I'd like to happily report that the two plants I have at my desk at work are doing great. That's good. I have a bamboo stalk named Appa. Appa is a good boy. Appa is a good boy, and he's doing well. I just have to remember to keep him in standing water, which means giving water almost yes. every day. And then Tara bought me a really cute air plant for my birthday in the yeah. little Bulbasaur. Uh, it is a little Bulbasaur planter. Yeah, and I named it's it Bul cute. Bulbasaur, as in air, soar, ha ha. Uh, ha ha ha. Finger guns. Finger guns. <laughs> I'm proud of that name, but. Yes, I am it, very it works proud better. of you for being so punny. It works better when you write it down. I think I have to give him a <laughs> little, little name, name tag. Yeah, I need to give That'd him be a name really tag. cute. Just put it on his little front. Yeah. I am Bulbasaur. My, hi, my name is Bulbasaur. Sore. <laughs> so I enjoy being plants' parents, but it is tough because I neglect them. Yes, forgetting to water your plant children is a no-no for plant uh, yes. parenthood. Yes. I promise to be a better plant parent in the future. I'll try. Hold your... Uh, okay, yes. you can give me a high five. Like, I was going to say, hold your hand <laughs> up, put your hand over your heart. I promise. I, Tara. I, Tara. I promise. I promise. I will be a better plant mom. I will be a better plant mom. I will water these plants today. I will water these plants today and fertilize them if necessary. Amen. Amen. <laughs> There you go. Tara has pledged to be a better plant mom. We'll, and we'll see. We'll see if it pays off. We'll, we'll see if we can revive or resuscitate any of these plants. Yes. Maybe I they feel have like to be today replanted. has been a momentous day. It has, hasn't it? <laughs> I've made a promise. She's made a promise. She's <laughs> going to be commitment. a better plant mom. <laughs> so join us next week. We'll be talking about our favorite video games of all time. Of all time. I've got a list. I can go in depth. I can go for an because hour I can't at least. I can't talk about it on the zone. Do, but I won't do, you, do you want to hear about the deep war of destiny? No, don't. I can go on for hours. You won't understand. I can go on for hours.